this week's episode has two parts. In the first and main part of the show, we interview Kevin Kos, who joins us from Maribor in Slovenia. Kevin is the host behind the YouTube channel Cocktail Time with Kevin Kos, a project he works on with two of his good friends, Sasha Weber and Robbie Fisher. Kevin's YouTube channel is a great resource for bartending and mixology tips. Kevin talks about how he started the channel during the pandemic, the structure they use for each episode, and the work that goes into each one. Kevin's a great guest, and make sure you check out the show notes for all of Kevin's social media links. For the second part of the show, Yelena Anter returns to join us once again and discusses the benefits of attending industry trade shows and conferences in person. Make sure you check out Yelena's platform, Cocktail.Vision. Enjoy the show. The Industry Podcast is supported by The Case for Wine. Your local agent for the southwestern Ontario region is Rick Baroncelli. Rick lives in Waterloo and is happy to take care of all your wine needs. Whether you are a wine buyer, food and beverage manager, sommelier, or private individual, Rick will be happy to discuss your wine needs. Act now and receive $25 off your first order by mentioning The Industry Podcast right here. And we're back with another episode of it. Bingo. Ah, I'm Kip. This is Dan. That's me. How are things, Dan? I'm doing okay. Uh, not, nothing to complain about. So, all is good. All right. Well. And uh, you? Yeah. You know. What's, go, what's going on with you? <laughs> a little busy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So, the the mayoral campaign rages on. Um, nice. Don't forget, if you listen to the Industry Podcast, you're a, hopefully a fan of ours, and that means you'll probably want to vote for me on October 24th. And there's advanced voting as well, so you can ah. get involved in that if you want to get onto it. Do you, anything, if you want to know about my campaign platform, you can search kipsaunders.ca and find it all right there. So Wonderful. Yeah. In addition to that, we have always lots of great events going on at Sugar Run, at Downtown Kitchener, and Babylon Sisters Wine Bar, Uptown Waterloo, which is about to turn one. Fancy. Yes, September 9th, that's a Friday night. DJ Bain, as usual, will be spinning, but we're going to be blowing it out for the one-year anniversary of Babylon Sisters. And cool. uh, yeah, that's about all I've got to report on that matter. We should mention that if you are enjoying the show, then the best way to support us is to subscribe, rate, and review. That's the best way to help us. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us directly at info at the industrypodcast.club or you can DM us at the industry podcast on Instagram. Zach Hanna is the man behind the artwork on the Instagram page at zachhanna.co. It's also very helpful with both of my bars and now my mayoral campaign. So big shout out to Zach Hanna. We love you. Thanks, man. All right. So without further ado, let's get to today's guest. We have Kevin Kos joining us now from uh, Slovenia. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. With pleasure. Uh, so let's, well, let's talk about, let's maybe just talking about the scene there in, in where you're currently bartending and tell us a little bit about sort of the types of bars, the types of guests you're getting and how things are going post-pandemic. Okay. I used to bartend in Maribor. So this is a city I live in, in Slovenia. But I got promoted to uh, being a product manager for three bars that we, that oh. our CEO own, owns. So uh, I don't bartend anymore. I right. <laughs> only bartend at uh, my YouTube channel. Right. Um, and so, how like how are you finding the how things are going post pandemic? Are people coming back out? Is the scene lively again? Yeah, they're slowly coming back on uh, back out, and I hope they they will come in bigger quantities. 
Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about how you got into the industry to begin with. How did you get your first taste of the service industry and sort of how you developed? Uh, that was 16 years ago when I was 16. I, yeah. um, I started working as a, in a hospitality business in the first pizza place. And a year later, I started to work in my cousin's uh, coffee place. And he, uh, he taught me something about uh, cocktails. And um, when I turned uh, 25, I was getting more and more into cocktail and mixology. Uh, later on, I won a Havana Grand Prix uh, 2018 in Slovenia. So I represented Slovenia on, uh, in Cuba in Havana. Ooh. And um, after that, it really accelerates uh, more into the mixology uh, business and professional. Mm -hmm. And so... Talk to us a little bit about the bars that you're sort of over the, you're the product manager of right now. You said there's three different ones. What, are they all similar or you said they're under the same umbrella? No, one is a cocktail bar, which mm -hmm. is a Niagara cocktail bar. It's a first cocktail bar in, uh, in Maribor. And the second ones are coffee places, so oh, cafeteria. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And so, you're, so this is the first um, cocktail bar in the, in your city. Are you finding that the landscape's changing? Are people more into craft cocktailing there? What were the bars like more, mostly before that? In Slovenia, we have a situation that we still have to work hard to, to get uh, the customers, customers for signature cocktails or for craft cocktails. Mm. Um, our drinking culture isn't that, uh, that yet. Drink, drinking culture in Slovenia is more into wine and beer and so little into craft cocktails. But we are working on it. Uh, obviously, pandemic didn't help us. Sure. Uh, so we have to work harder. And uh, I think we'll, we'll go... And we will come to that point that uh, Slovenians will enjoy craft cocktails um, too. Yeah, as, as someone who's sort of tried to do a couple newer ideas here in our city in Kitchener, talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges of like, like you're not only opening a new bar, but you're also kind of, it's, it's a whole new concept for the city. Like, what are some of the challenges towards like bringing guests out to a new concept? I think you have to look wider since um, if you only serve craft cocktails, you won't survive in this um, situation. So, for example, bar I used to bartend uh, Niagara, it's still a party place. So, we serve we serve craft cocktails during the week, and during during the weekend we have a party place with loud music, uh, a lot of people, and uh, not so much of a cocktails, right. but more yeah. more of a more mm, like club, right? Yeah, whiskey, coke, and uh, yeah, such yeah. Uh, drinks, drinks, lots of, lots of vodka waters and vodka sodas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that it, it can be a real challenge when you're, um, and I, again, I'm speaking for personal experience as well, when you're trying to do something new. What, so is, is that sort of your, is how you're going about it is kind of like, oh, we'll start with bringing them in with like a kind of rowdier atmosphere club type place, and then we'll slowly seep in the craft cocktails so they know. Yeah, so everything started when I take a place of a head bartender uh, at that bar. And I, I thought that I have to show a Slovenian uh, what is uh, mixology, what is craft cocktails, and etc. So I did a an event which is called which was, which was called uh, Anon Taste, where I put uh, a three course cocktail menu with um, appetizers or with supplementary snacks, and the guest 
uh, get all three cocktails in one menu and uh, they they can enjoy it uh, all together and see what the signature cocktails and craft cocktails means. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to bring it to their attention. Now, do you find that people are starting to get the deal and are they ordering more classic cocktails when they come out? Yes, they are. They are. When I came to the bar, the first cocktail on the menu, or first the most ordered cocktail was, I think, Cuba Libre or Mojito. And later on, years later, uh, Negroni was taking that place really quickly. So, yeah, we, we, we are in the, in the right direction. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, if you're already getting to Negroni's, then that's pretty much still the most popular cocktail everywhere So for classics. Okay, so you're, you're sort of trying to do this new thing there. And what point did you start thinking about doing the YouTube channel? Well, when the pandemic happened, we all uh, stuck yeah. home without, without jobs. And uh, one of our distributors offered me a post on the Instagram, and uh, I chose to make a video about it. And they sent me a bottle of cognac. It was the Martel XO. And uh, I chose to make uh, Cesar a cocktail with it. And um, I filmed it. Uh, it. I was talking in Slovene back then. And uh, because I really enjoyed it, I filmed two more episodes uh, and uh, uploaded it on Instagram. And because I didn't have such a experience with editing and filming and so on, I always asked my friends, uh, Robbie Fischer and Sasha Weber, who are teams, uh, team of um, team members of Cocktail Time with Kevin Coase, and they helped me with editing and with filming and everything uh, back then. So then I got a box of uh, tequila from my friend Ansis Ankos, who is a brand ambassador for Rusta Rojo. He sent it from uh, he sent it to me, and uh, we talked that we should uh, shoot a video about it. How I opened that uh, the box of tequilas, and we were all in. Uh, we we said that we will film uh, after our regular jobs. Uh, we filmed it in in my apartment. We set a set, and then we talked about uh, where we should put the video uh, on which on which social media. And uh, the editor, uh, Sasha Weber, said the, the YouTube is the perfect place to, to put the episode on. And the second question was, on which language should I, should I speak on the episode? And uh, uh, I wasn't so sure about English, but uh, because uh, English uh, wasn't my strong side. So, but I went for it and um, it turned out great. Uh, now we have 80,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube, so it was a great uh, decision to, to speak in English. Yeah, well, you're definitely going to reach a lot more people that way. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, it's amazing, you go to Europe and everybody speaks multiple languages, but in North America, probably 80% of us speak one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you definitely get your reach out there a little bit more. So how do you, what, what do you attribute to sort of the rapid growth of getting to 80,000 some followers so quickly? Posting regularly, uh, we post every week. You have to be unique in one way. Uh, since English isn't my strong side, I can do uh, really nice craft cocktails. So we are making singer every week, almost every week. Uh, so yeah, in this case, people got to uh, see it interested, and uh, they're interested in our channel. So that's why it's growing. Right. And actually, how does one uh, find your channel on YouTube? What's the address? It's Cocktail Time with Kevin Kos. 
Cocktail Town with Kevin Cross. Perfect. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, as usual. Another question about your videos. You. How how long are your videos? Do you have like a set time you, you stick with, or does it kind of just depend on what you're doing? Like, like mm. for instance, will they be shorter or longer? Or? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the, on the cocktail. Sometimes it's like seven or six or seven minutes long, and sometimes when we do a um, a special episode with uh, almost like a movie uh, scenes yeah. and everything. It's uh, it can be 15 minutes uh, long as well. Uh, now another question: We're just like looking at analytics for our episodes and stuff. How do you find shorter videos versus longer videos for views? Do you find is there any difference, or is it kind of almost depends still what the topic is? Yes, it depends on the topic. So it's really not about how long the video the video is, but it uh, depends on the topic. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. Uh, we should take a brief time out here to talk about the case for wine. The case for wine is pleased to announce that Thomas George Estates as a new supplier to their portfolio. Thomas George Estates was founded in 2008 by Canadian Tom Baker, located in the Russian River area of Sonoma. Thomas George uh, wines produce small lot and limited production Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. The production focuses now on three different vineyards. The Baker Ridge Vineyard, the Cresta Ridge Vineyard, and Sons and Daughters Ranch Vineyard. Each vineyard is certified Sonoma County Sustainable, leading to best practices. Order now, and you will receive 25% off your first case. Just mention the industry podcast. You can get the Baker Ridge Pinot Noir or the 2016 Baker's Brothers and Sisters block. If, if, if you like Chardonnay, 2016 Sons and Daughters Chardonnay or the 2015 Estate Chardonnay. This is all available at the Case for Wine you're going to want to email Rick at the case for wine. Okay, so getting back to the whole expansion of the YouTube channel. So, like, how do you pick your topics? Like, which cocktails you're going to create, the stories around them? I'm sort of interested in, the, in like, how you put it all together. It also depends on the season. So, at this time, we are making mostly summer cocktails, of course. During winter, there are more uh, winterish cocktails, so it all depends on the season and on on my imagination or something. When I uh, make a new new cocktail and I immediately want to put it out, then we we film it um, and we put it on on the channel. So it's, it really depends on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. For our listeners who may not have seen it yet, have you been able to monetize it yet? Are you advertising on the channel as well? Yeah, of course, we have uh, been monetized for a year and a half now, mm-hmm. and we have some, uh, we have a couple of uh, sponsors, so we are really oh. uh, glad we, we managed to, to do that. Yeah, and so uh, when you have sponsors, are some of them liquor, uh, like liquor companies as well, so you're getting product as well? Yeah, sometimes liquor products, sometimes um, syrups. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes watches, clocks. Uh, it really cool. depends on the yeah, on the yeah. type of the sponsorship. So it, it's interesting how wide the sponsorships are, and uh, there can be a lot of products shown on the channel. Yeah, nobody's sending us watches, so you're doing better than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, I'm not. I don't even have a watch. <laughs> you should rename now uh, because uh, I'm cocktail time with Kevin Coase, and since the cocktail time. I should be wearing a watch, right? Oh, right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need to do. It's the industry yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> industry time. Yeah, or just start going after what we really want, which is like, Cut, we could call it... Driving around with the industry. So we yeah. Get some cars. <laughs> Even yeah, better. Like, yeah. Exactly. That plan. 
So what would your advice be to somebody who's kind of, <laughs> like you were saying, almost everybody started doing this during the pandemic, right? But not very few got as successful as you in such a mm-hmm. short time. So uh, what advice would you give to someone who's trying to grow their social media platform, either through YouTube or Instagram or however they're doing it? Well, I was really blessed with uh, Sasha Weber and uh, Ruby Fisher because they're um, helping me a lot with uh, the, with the filming, editing, and uh, basically they're doing all all the job besides making uh, cocktails. So first off, to, to have a great team, which uh, right. I do, so I'm blessed and I'm happy for it. And uh, second, one, second one, you have to be consistent. You have to post uh, really every week and be consistent and the, the numbers will grow. Right. Yeah. Another question for you too around that. So, do you guys ever like do a rehearsal of what you're going going to film ahead of time just to see what might work and go, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Let's get you to sit over on this part so we get better shot. Do you do any rehearsals and do you work off a script as well ever at all? Yeah, we do. Uh, Ruby Fisher is our uh, director, so yeah. he do the scripts and we film every episode through the script. Ah, okay. And we have a meeting every Saturday in the morning uh, with, uh, with coffee and uh, we talk about uh, what our, our next episodes are going to look like and we analyze uh, our uh, previous episodes. Right, so you, uh, the dedication is the key there, right? Like it, from the start, just kind of having these weekly meetings, taking it seriously and not just sort of as a side project. So basically, I'm, I'm assuming that well, as soon as you started this or you decided that you wanted to start doing this, that you were already thinking about it as like a business, not just a side project. Exactly. Yeah. So that's probably great advice for anyone else who's looking to do the same thing. Like, because I, for us, like we, even with this podcast, I think we started originally maybe it was just kind of like, oh, it's just something we're going to do on the side. And then once we realized <laughs> we started growing some more listeners and we, then we kind of started taking it a little bit more seriously. But like we probably stalled ourselves in that fashion mm-hmm. because if we had been like treating it like a business from the get-go, we might have done a little bit better job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe got as drunk yeah. the, first, uh, <laughs> the first bunch of episodes. Yeah. Um, now, actually, with your videos too, do you also cross-post those on Instagram or TikTok or anything like that or just strictly more YouTube? We just uh, started posting shorts uh, on YouTube and on TikTok and Reels on uh, Instagram. So we did that recently, uh, not so long ago. So we'll see what that will bring us. Ah, gotcha. And were you pretty proficient with using social media before you started doing, doing this? Or did, or was this all just from some stuff you learned from your team and your team takes care of that for you? I wasn't. We all started from there and we all learned a lot uh, about social medias it's interesting what you have to think about when you're posting on social medias and on which episode or which photo will uh, will gain you more uh, viewers or subscribers we started learning uh, on on the way on the process and um, uh, we gained a lot of experience uh, so far and i think we will uh, there's still a lot of knowledge out there that we still don't don't have and that we'll uh, gain uh, on the on the way yeah now with, with the youtube postings 
how do you do? You, do you have to interact a lot with the comments they get? Because obviously, there's going to be a lot of good comments, but there's also going to be a lot of nonsensical comments with a mm-hmm. bunch of clowns, right? So, <laughs> how, uh, do you just do? You, do you find you spend a lot of time, or you, you and your team, having to spend a lot of time working on those comments as well? Yeah, we do. We do. We we try to uh, reply on. Uh, as much as uh, comments uh, as we can, but um, basically we we replied on every comment until Ooh, this year, a, until February. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. But then our, one of our episodes really took off. It gained uh, around eight hundred and fifty thousand views Ooh. and uh, thousands of thousands of comments. So uh, we couldn't answer all, to all of them. Yeah. So we still uh, try to answer to a lot of them, but it's really it's, it's impossible. Yeah. We still have uh, our regular jobs, and uh, <laughs> YouTube being our second job, we we don't have enough time to to, to really reply on every comment. But, but we are doing, uh, I think we are doing a great job on replying, and uh, we are helping uh, everyone we can uh, through through the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting back to like sort of your day gig, um, now that you're a production manager, do you find that you're missing being behind the bar or are you getting that fix from doing the videos? Yeah, sometimes I, I really um, miss that, but um, I get a lot of new interesting stuff in the, um, in the bartending community and bartending business. Which is, uh, which is you don't have to be a bartender behind the bar. Uh, to to be a bar, bartender, uh, so I still am a bartender, but I'm bartending behind the camera. Right. So mm, I'm gaining new different experience here, which I like it. So sometimes I miss, but uh, I I really like doing that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, like the one thing I sometimes miss now moving into the ownership side. So. And sort of like, well, a lot of my work gets done during the day now. I'm not out doing the bartending uh, at nighttime. And sometimes you just miss some of that social interaction with the guests as well, though. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Getting back to Slovenian bars, how late can you guys stay open uh, where you are? Like, how late do you serve alcohol? To, like, Our bar is open until 5 o'clock in the morning, in Ooh. Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, so I quit working night shifts uh, last year in August <laughs> yeah. when I got my daughter. Oh, so yeah. well, congratulations! <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was my turning point that uh, I, I quit working night shifts. So I only work during week. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, five a.m. Five a.m. That's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, and what time do people start going out at? Really late. Uh, yeah. They start at eleven, twelve. Yeah. So a lot of them are gathering at uh, their homes and they're drinking there and then and they they come to bars a bit tipsy already. <laughs> yeah, so that creates a whole set of its own problems, right? Like that's one yes. thing about, like we obviously people pre-drink here in Canada before they go out as well, but because like here in Ontario, we have to shut the bars down at 2 a.m., you're not dealing with probably as many problems as people who have had, you know, six, seven hours to pre-drink <laughs> before they're going out. Did are there like is there a big scene of like fighting and sometimes yeah, but you have uh, securities which 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 is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, after three o'clock, uh, a lot of things start starts to happening in uh, in the nightlife. So. Let's just say from 11 until 2 or 3 is the best part of working night shifts. 
Right. Everything yeah. else is <laughs> is, is not so good. Before and after. It's before two dead, after two crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there are only a few more weeks of barbecues left, and uh, what to drink, Dan? What to drink? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking some wine. Yeah, well, Rick at the Case for Wine has many <laughs> options. Whatever the budget, he can help with modestly priced Cabernet Sauvignon or Pinot Noir from California, or heavy-hitting reds from Barolo, produced by Bovio or Luciano Sandrene. Whatever the event, whatever the meal, call Rick and save $25 off your first case by mentioning the industry podcast. Okay, so we'll just we'll, we'll start wrapping up soon. I know this is pretty late for you, and we appreciate you coming on uh, coming on so late to do the show. No worries. What, what, t- what time are we at? Your time right now? It's eleven thirty p.m. All right, Ooh. so you're just getting ready to go to the bar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my whiskey soda, so I'm yeah. prepared for going to a bar. So I guess, uh, what, what sort of what's next for you? Like you, you obviously have a good solid day job going now with the production management position. As far as like your YouTube channel, are there any plans to expand that in any way, or are you pretty much happy with the way it's going right now and just going to ride that out? Yeah, so far, uh, since we started posting shorts and TikToks and reels on Instagram, I think we're going to keep that for a while and see what that will bring us. And basically, yeah, we'll go from there and see where this will take us. Nice. Well, tell our listeners one more time where to find you on all your social media platforms. Yeah, you can find us on Cocktail Time with Kevin Coase on YouTube, on uh, Kevin Coase on Instagram, and uh, Cocktail Time W giving course on TikTok. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kevin. We really appreciate you coming on, especially at the late hour. And uh, best of luck with everything. And everybody should be tuning into your YouTube videos for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. With pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. Now we're on to the bonus part of the episode with the returning Yelena Anter of Cocktail Vision. And we are back again with the monthly flirt and yelena anter how are you yelena hey guys i'm doing great thank you for having me hey, thanks for coming back on the show yeah so <laughs> I last had time no I choice sh- yeah that's, that's true <laughs> it's just a bully situation yes. now <laughs> it's a commitment monthly commitment <laughs> Because you, you needed another one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did. I did. I'm having fun with this. This oh, is good. awesome. Yeah, us too. So last time I saw you, we were in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. And it, people can mm-hmm. listen to that interview we did there and some of the other ones I did in our arc. That was that was an awesome episode, by the way. Oh, I listened thanks. to yeah, it and fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys have to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's um, episode 123. Great. So check that out in the archives if you haven't listened to it yet. Yelena also is interviewed with her team on that episode. But we were going to kind of talk today about these conferences in general and sort of both sides of it, because when you go to these conferences, like you're obviously selling your products usually at the Mm -hmm, conference, mm -hmm. but then you're also kind of a guest of the conference and get to go to a bunch of the events as well. So you're kind of perfectly suited to talk about the value of these. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's, let's first look at it from the angle of like you selling your products there. Do you find that this like going to these conferences works for you monetarily? Oh, definitely. It's a great exposure and a great opportunity to introduce a brand new product, uh, you know, to 
to the to the to the industry because there's only so much you can do on social media. Even though I do quite a bit, it's a different clientele, different uh, group of people that you can reach in person, and it's more meaningful too because there's only so much you can do virtually. To be able to show the product and to taste the product, it's um, irreplaceable. Right. Yeah, for sure. And like having the the in-person contact makes such a big difference, right? Because you can actually explain to them how it would work for them personally, rather than just like when you're putting it out on Instagram, you don't know really who's looking at it. Right, right. And especially, well, with the industry uh, shows, especially, you know, you're dealing with the either the owners of restaurants and bars, uh, not you know, not home bartenders, uh, but like mostly restaurants and bars. And it's uh, helpful because then you'll be able, you, I'm able to educate them on how to use the product depending on what kind of establishment they're running. Like say if it's a tiki bar and it's a darker environment, I'm not going to suggest glittery, uh, you know, additives to the cocktails because they just don't show but something may be brighter or like more elaborate garnishes because that's what tiki bars are known for and if it's uh, more of a like a craft cocktail bar you know craft cocktail establishment where like well lit they can use definitely uh, brighter, like brighter colors and other products that enhance the cocktails with shimmers for example um, right. Does it make sense? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so, like, when we were down there, I was like, there was the one day where you were working. I was just drinking the whole time, but the, <laughs> uh, um, and I know I was like, working the whole entire time. Uh, yes, you know, that's true. Just, yeah, just to clarify, in case yeah. my boss is listening, I was working the entire time. <laughs> but like. For instance, the one day when you had your booth set up there at the, I can't remember what specifically that event Meet was the called. Distillers. Meet the yes, Distillers. Yes, that was yeah. a bi- that's what that was a big event. Yeah, it was crazy. There were so many people walking around. It was like almost hard to get to any of the individual tables at times. So, to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. had a ton of traction. So, like, do you find that? How do you find that experience? Do you find it stressful with so so many people trying to get to you and you're not able to talk to them? Uh, to talk to them say individually as much as you might like to or do you or you just kind of roll with it and love it you know i kind of rolled with it and loved it i got a little stressed uh, at a previous event where it was even like you were not there yet but it was the indie spirits and you couldn't even walk it was so tight and hot and you know you couldn't hear anything but our our event was towards the end of the show so a lot of people left but i feel like it gave us a better opportunity to make more meaningful contacts because people who were still there uh, those were more there were more in the industry people rather than because everybody goes to tales of the cocktail whether you mm-hmm. just like to drink or you in the industry you can still buy your tickets and go see with meet the distillers we were able to con- connect with uh like truly industry people like the stores to liquor stores because our product could be sold at liquor stores for at home consumer as well as you know like bar and restaurant owners and Mm. so what was amazing at that event we were able to truly educate how our 
product works because uh, every product is so versatile. Sometimes it's hard to wrap your brain around like, well, what, what do I do with that? Like, I understand it. It's uh, it adds flavor to the cocktail, but you know, like our cocktail perfume, for example, can be used in so many ways, whether you shaking it into the cocktail or just applying it to, uh, uh, like topically on the glass. So I was able to talk about it and really get to people and you can see, just it resonated when you teach people how to use the product, their creativity starts going as well. Mm -hmm. That's the true value of those in-person conferences more than anything. And how do you find it sort of more as a guest of the conference? Like when you have like a day off and you're able to just Mm -hmm. sort of wander around. Cause for me, it was, it's, I always find them overwhelming. I've only done a couple now. I did Mm -hmm. tales of the cocktail. I did the bar and nightclub uh, one in Vegas. And it's just like, it just, people plying you with free liquor everywhere it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's uh it's yeah it's it's a bit overwhelming how do you find it from that end so I've been to bar and uh, restaurant uh, conference in Vegas too and other places. So I find them very educational because, yeah, you go and you taste a, a bunch of things. Some of them you're already familiar with, but it's still an opportunity to learn about the brand and, you know, just the different processes. Uh, but definitely, like for me, it was educational because we attended a bunch of seminars Um a few of them were very inspiring, very innovative on tap tap cocktails, cocktails on tap, for example. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. more and more popular all over the place now. And they're high-end cocktails. And, they, you know, those establishments, they're able to achieve very creative and uh, complex flavors without, uh, without consuming as much time to create a cocktail. Just have it on tap and it eliminates the waste. It eliminates... Uh, your consumer waiting for that cocktail. So that was an interesting conference as well as uh, we were able to taste uh, a lot of new spirits that I've never tasted before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them. I really wanted to taste them like Nixta tequila and Nixta, it's like a lote liqueur. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was that yeah. was very interesting to attend that event. Yeah. So they're like it's it's crazy because they're like for me it was brutal though because i'm like walking through all these trying all these liquors that are amazing all these great spirits but i we can't uh-huh. get fucking any of them in canada so uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, exactly yeah. <laughs> so at least you can bring them in if you want to <laughs> yeah that, that makes it tough for you yeah you still I, had fun though <laughs> i did yeah i i had to go back to the hotel a couple times for a nap but <laughs> <laughs> i noticed where's chip he's gone again <laughs> He said he was working out at the gym, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you not get, like, totally drunk by, like, lunchtime? You do. You do get totally drunk by lunchtime. You do. We went to a a cigar and absinthe thing that started at, like, 11 in the morning, and you had already been to an event before that. Yeah. We were at at a tasting uh, right before, like, at, what is it, 9 o'clock tasting, and usually they serve breakfast, but the whole... So we didn't have breakfast that day. That's what yeah, I, oh. I, I don't know if I told you that or not. Uh, we figured we'll have breakfast before the aperitivo event, right? Well, they did not serve breakfast because they just ran out of time. So we jumped straight into the spirits and continued on with spirits. And we figured, <laughs> oh, well, we'll have some lunch at the cigar event, right? Because they were supposed to have some lunch. I'm not sure if you ate anything, but uh-huh. I I was so... I wasn't overwhelmed with people. I was 
just so uh, intrigued by the the craftsmanship of cigar making and everybody mm-hmm. who was there. I just wanted to talk to everybody, make sure that I take it all in, that I literally forgot to eat. And I didn't drink anything at that event, but I think just from just the, the cigars and excitement, I felt so drunk. <laughs> oh, I got to the... Like I had a long conversation with the absent guy. I can't remember his name now, but mm. like, he, I, I drank. Oh, George Lafitte. George Lafitte. Yeah. So I did he, drink that. I did. Yeah. I, I got, he, and he gave it to me every single way that they do it, like in a cocktail, straight. Like oh. the, the other uh-huh. kind that, like, and I was just like, okay, that's a lot of absinthe before noon. <laughs> I, by the way, I'm a huge absinthe fan, and I love the absinthe uh, Lafitte. Yeah. So amazing. So you guys should have them on the show. Well, he did a little uh, uh, little interview for the um, Tales of the Cocktail one, but we also I did talk to him about coming on for it to do a full episode. So mm-hmm. he was supposed to get in contact with me though. So maybe yeah. I'll try and reach out. But yeah, yeah, he was super interesting. And but yeah, it's a lot of drinking, a lot of, very early in the day. <laughs> yeah, you just have to pace yourself. I'm super lightweight. Like I mean, yeah. you probably noticed I'm like literally one sip and I'm all over the place. <laughs> but I also think those in-person events, I'm glad we are back with in-person events because even tales were held, I think two years in a row, re- virtually, like yeah. virtually, which oh. is like, I can't even imagine how do you, how do you truly like get the inspiration and, you know, taste and learn, I guess. I mean, there's still a certain percentage of that, but I don't think we can replace in person with virtual. People still crave that interaction and it it creates better networking environment as well. Right. I think those events are great for networking and yeah, you're there to sell your product, but at the same time you, you can synergize with other companies and other creators as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they are still they still have their place for sure, and it's like you kind of notice it when during the COVID years when we were missing them. But they, it's definitely fun stuff to go to. You do have to pace yourself; that is a a rule. But it's good to know that from your side of it as well that you find it valuable for selling your products and getting a one on one connection with potential uh, customers. So tell us. Well, tales 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 of the cocktail was a marathon because that was yeah. what six. I mean, I was there for six days. Yeah, yeah. And it was truly a marathon. Usually, shows you go to one day maybe, and you know it's it's easier to pace yourself rather than when you're there for the right. entire week. I can't believe you guys were still not still in relatively good Stand, spirits. Still standing. Like, yeah, Friday night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was good. I was like there for three nights, and on by Friday night, I was already fading. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, we we did good. Okay, so tell us uh, where we can find the Cocktail Vision products. Tell us about anything you specifically would like to promote before we let you go. <laughs> Cocktail Vision products. So. My products are available. Uh, they are distributed by Chef Rubber. So he, they are a manufacturer and distributor as well. But uh, I offer a lot of resources on my social media page on Instagram at cocktail.vision. Uh, I think it's very educational and inspirational. So yes, we have probably 100 products right now. But what I do on my uh, social is uh, truly like show you how to use those products and, you know, incorporate it in, in your cocktail, whether it's at home as a home bartender or in a restaurant or bar. So cocktail.vision and actually cocktail.vision has all the links to where to purchase the product as well. Perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on for another monthly edition. Um, it was great to see you as always, Yelena, and uh, 
Great we'll to see you. you. We'll see you next month, I guess. Mm-hmm. See you next month. Okay. I'll have a surprise for you next month, that's for sure. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. 